Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. Last week I spoke about our qualification that God has made. We've been on this journey of looking what it means to be a body and what body ministry begin, is beginning to look like and what we want it to see it look like here at New Day. How we take care of each other, the way that we care for each other, the manner in which we do it, the theology behind it, the basis behind it, and, and looking at what it really means to be a believer that's knit in to a local body, wherever that expression is, just what it means for us. And uh, how many of you have been doing church for like over five years? Let me see your hands. Okay. Uh, over 10 years. Okay. 20 years? Who? 30? Wow. Okay, here we go. Now you're going to bump into my era. 40? You've been doing church for over 40? Wow. From the time you were children or adults? Okay, from the time you were a child. You've been in church since the time you were a child. That's amazing, and you're still here. If that isn't a testament to the goodness of God, because church is full of weak and broken people. I don't know of anybody who hasn't gotten offended doing church, being in church, being a part of church. Someplace along the way, it is going to happen. Nevertheless, no matter what has happened in our past, God still wants us knit into a body, and it's the way that we grow. Um, Usually the pain causes some sort of, and we talked about this last week, but a lot of times it causes an internal self-talk. What's that? That's your inner voice that everybody has. We all have that inner voice. Some of us do monologue. Some of us do dialogue. That means we tend to answer our own inner voice sometimes with a, a, um, an outward expression with it. Uh, that can get strange, especially if you do it in front of other people. You know, I think of like Senator Bob Dole, who used to speak to about himself in the third person in the company of others. Watch what Bob Dole has to say about that. You know, I was like, that's weird self-talk. I... But bless his heart, he did a good job, and many of us still respect and love him today. I want to continue the exploration this morning. How you and I relate to each other at New Day And how we apply healthy spirituality. I think my spirituality has grown so much, especially in the past five years. And I want it to continue to grow, both in a natural and a supernatural way. God is supernatural, but he's always involved in the natural. The things at work, the raising of kids, the hanging out with friends, the bowling, the going to the shooting range... God's involved in all of that, in every aspect of it. He wants to be. What he wants in the supernatural is to see that our lives are knit into who he is and what he really cares about. I think it goes back to the teachings. 
got up here in John 15. This is from the Phillips translation. We're going to read it together. You know, I had so many teachings from the past about what it meant to abide. And I look at that so differently this morning, especially with my self-talk and what that means to me. In the Phillips, it reads this way. You can read together with me. It's up on the overhead. I am the real vine. My father is the vine dresser. He removes any of my branches which are not bearing fruit, and he prunes every branch that does bear fruit to increase its yield. Now you have already been pruned by my words. Have you been pruned by God's words? I have. I wanted him to. You must go on growing in me, and I will grow in you. That's stunning. For just as a branch cannot bear any fruit unless it shares the life of the vine, so you can produce nothing unless you go on growing in me. I am the vine itself, you are the branches. It is the man who shares my life and whose life I share who proves fruitful. For the plain fact is that apart from me, you can do nothing at all. The man who does not share my life is like a branch that is broken off and withers away. He becomes just like the dry sticks that men pick up and use for the firewood. Now, he's using an explanation. He's not saying, I'm going to break you off. He's saying, if you don't abide in me, this is, this is how you end up feeling inside of you. This is what it does when your life isn't found in me. But if you live your life in me, And my words live in your heart, key phrase, my words live in your heart, you can ask for whatever you like. It'll come true for you. True. True truth. Remember, we're talking about truth talk in the the inner person, self-talk. This is how my Father will be glorified in your becoming fruitful and being being my disciples. God is most interested in you. Right where you're at, right now. Now remember, the measuring stick has already been accomplished. He measures you by the cross of his son. What he's interested in is life inside of you. You growing into him and him growing himself by his words, by his truth inside of you. He is very interested in your life today, now, this second, this minute, this hour, this life, now. God is very interested. I've said this many times before. He finds you completely compatible. Right now, at this second in time, his words are longing. Just like we started the sermon, I said it felt like I got woke up with a kiss this morning. His words are life. And when we abide in those, it comes in and it produces life. It's an alive seed, if you will. When Jesus came into you, when salvation happened, the seed of God was planted into your life. Now here's some really good news. It's going to grow whether you like it or not. 
you'll like it. You really will. It'll expand every boundary. It'll untwist your fingers from the things that you hold so tightly to. And it'll put very tightly into you the knowledge of who he is. It changes the internal self-talk into something else. Last week we looked at obstacles. And if you weren't here, I really encourage you, get to, get to the website and listen. I got a couple of compliments from some dear sisters this morning who had listened to it. And, uh, and one of them was here and then one had listened online and uh, just talked about the importance of it. They're dear saints. They've loved God a long time. You know, if you hadn't, didn't hear it, go and listen to it. That's all I can say about that. We looked at common obstacles that inhibit us from believing, not only in the way that God has qualified us, but what keeps us through our self-talk from operating and functioning and having purpose in this life. I I met with another brother who, that's what we talked about this week as we met. He said he loved to explore the unfolding mystery of God in his life so that he could know what he was here for. I thought, what an incredible way to put it. With our self-talk, those obstacles cause us to change our healthy self-talk. When when our words abide in Christ, our self-talk changes. It really does. It grows inside of us. So this morning, I want to do a follow-up with some simple ways that we uh, can really help change and grow. Do you want to grow? Now, I'm not going to have the statistics right, so I'm, I'm going to use some generalities. Because I, I studied learning for a long time. Long, long time. It's what I, long before I became pastor of New Day, I spent my life in how people grow and learn in helping young women to go on that journey. I looked at how leadership is developed inside of people, but mostly I became a student of human behavior and then deeply studying how change happens, the way we grow and learn. There's a horrible statistic about adults. And that two-thirds, right around that, of adults over the age of 30, okay, by the way, your brain isn't fully developed till about your mid-20s. Just, I'm sorry, that's what the studies show us. Wait till you're 28 to get married. Uh, <laughs> two-thirds of all adults are blocked learners have learning blocks, have quit learning, refuse to try things a different way, refuse to look at newness, refuse to go down that path, and they keep doing things the same way over and over and over again. I don't know if that's true for, you know, I don't know what the statistics are regarding church and stuff, but listen, when I was learning this stuff, that one, I went, uh, and the reason, and then I understood why God took me, like, 
one of the first things the Lord ever spoke to me when I was a young man and he came and invaded and captured me and captured my life. Um, he gave me Psalm 92, verse 12, which, which is, uh, so cause me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. I didn't even know what that meant at that point in time. But I went, okay, I, I want to go on a journey. I don't ever want to stop learning. And that's what it did for my life and, and what it did. I don't ever want to stop growing. Not ever. On, on the day that's the day before I get to go home and be in heaven, that song that we sing, I hope I learn something new. I hope I get another revelation of who God is. The past five years have been one of the most exponential growing times of my life. And it happened with an unfolding revelation of grace. And so I want to look at it this morning and explain how this works in our self-talk. Look at this scripture, John 1.16. I'm going to read it from the New King James. And of his fullness we've received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In the, again, in the Phillips, and you can see that I've been doing quite a bit of reading in there. John 1, 14, I'll start there. He says, so the word of God became a human being. I love the way the Phillips reads. The word of God became a human being and lived among us. We saw his splendor, the splendor as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And it was about him that John stood up and testified, exclaiming, Here's the one, now I, I, I left a little bit of that out for the sake of room. Here's the one whom I was speaking about when I said that although he would come after me, he would always be in front of me, for he existed before I was born. But read this next sentence up here. Indeed, every one of us has shared in his riches. Speaking of you, there is a grace in our lives Because of his grace. For while the law was given by Moses, and look at the way Phillips does it, love and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see, God's grace is his love to you. God's grace is manifest so that you will understand what his love is. For years, I just talked about the doctrine of grace. And what it meant. It was another truth in the word of God. And, but I've learned something completely different. And my ongoing understanding of grace and truth has become a catalyst to changing the paradigm of my understanding. And I keep learning because I keep abiding more. Not because I have to, but because I get to learn these incredible things that are truth. I used to accomplish it through good principles, self-effort, and a lot of conditional spiritual equations. And mostly feeling as though God was always just a little out of my reach. Are you familiar with that feeling? Did you have that or still have it? Or it's like, yeah, yeah but it's just, he seems so far away and I can't get the things right 
to let him know that I want him to be closer to me. What do I have to do? What, what do I have to do? Well, it was a faulty paradigm. And he answered my, what do I have to do? Because grace for me was, and I, I think for many others, um, as I learned about grace, it was an additive that helped me apply truth. Got, got, you know, like, okay, here's the truth, and now God will give you a little grace, and that's the additive that you need in order to understand it. Because um, that's for me, and I don't know how you looked at this, truth was the operating system of God, and grace was the booster that he would give if I asked the right way. If, uh, if I got the steps in order and did the seven steps to understanding this, then I would get empowered to live in that kind of truth. Are you, anybody else familiar? Let me see your hands. How many of you lived under that operating system? Yeah, And God would measure me, I don't know what happened to you, to see if I had really diligently applied the right principles enough to give me that boost so I could be pleasing to him. You know, if I just, are we there yet? (laughs) You know, I've prayed this prayer a long time now, is that enough? Because now you're going to open it up and wow. And my wow turned into whoa. Another paradigm is that grace is something like a band-aid. I didn't have this one too much, but I've had other people talk to me, and still people use this view of it. And it's a band-aid or a tonic that's used when I need a redo, when I need a resolution to my creating a mess with my behavior or my words. Um, God, would you give me a little grace for that? (laughs) Would you give grace to other people and how they're responding to me? Because it hurts. Again, a faulty operating system. Uh, for me and for others that I've talked to, it led to nothing but shallow and hollow faith of feeling self-defeated and their self-taught had that in it. Oh yeah, and you can't ever get it right. That was their internal words. And caused us to, for many, to numbly stay in old patterns, never getting beyond ourselves, looking at a scripture like John 15 that said abide and going, I'm trying, but I fail. And because I fail, I'll never get this. Not understanding that the true operating system says I'm right here. I'm right here. Instead of looking at the raised eyebrows of friends or strangers, who are looking at how you said or did certain things. Well, here's how I'm relearning about grace and truth. I want to give you a little analogy this morning, and then hopefully we'll hear from a couple other people too. Uh, how many of you switched over to Windows 10 yet? And I know that some of you say that you shouldn't because you have to wait till it gets right and everything. Uh, how many of you are still using uh, Windows XP? Really? You're going to start getting signs that say this operating system is no longer supported. Already happening. How about that? Well, you see, grace is God's new operating system. 
It's not going to get replaced either. It is the brand new operating system of the new covenant. And it's for your life. The canon of new covenant theology and practices is now my understanding that Jesus brought grace and truth. And that grace was the operating system for this incredible computer called Lloyd. You remember 2001, A Space Odyssey? Hal? Well, Dave, that's not going to happen. Dave? Hmm. The old operating systems that I used five years ago began to be obsolete. And the more I moved into the new operating system, the old ones were no longer supported. And with that operating system, this is what I found, came a whole new understanding. And this would happen for me with Windows 10s. Things were no longer called programs, they were called apps. For those of you who switched over, just wait. So just like your phones have apps, You're new if you use Windows. I don't know about Macs. That's another universe. Uh, No, I'm just teasing. For the sake of the analogy, the things that were always true are now called apps, applications for our lives. The truths are found in God's word. And the life of Jesus, both ancient and fresh, alive with the Spirit, and designed for me to overcome every obstacle and challenge and misconception that I have. They're all there in the Word of God. They're all clearly laid out. It's true truth. True understanding. And my operating system of grace now allows those to be used in my life so that I grow, I change, I develop. I become that whole person naturally and supernaturally. Peter Cotterell, and most of you won't know who that is, he's a missiologist and he's, he's been studying missions for years and years and years and he's gone through a lot of changes And I'm going to use a quote by him. This is from his book, Mission and Meaninglessness, because he was really challenging uh, at, at a very famous missions gathering in the world. Everybody to look at what was going on with how we approached the mission of making disciples. And when he said this, it meant one thing to me a long time ago. It means something completely different today. But he said this, to know a truth is to act on that truth. And to fail to act is to demonstrate a failure of knowledge. Truth must be rescued, this is one that was devastating to me, from its arid isolation in propositional theology and must be transferred to the arena of everyday living. I look at pop culture today and they... People talk about theology, and this person calls that person a heretic, and that they're a false teacher. They're not applying the word of God correctly, and they don't do it this way. They don't do it that way. And I go, you have no idea what you're talking about. 
Now, we, we should all be able to disagree, but at an academic level that says, hey, I respect you. Where did you get that? You know, I don't think I agree with everything you're saying without the taking truth to gut somebody, honestly, to lay them out and say, you have no idea, you're stupid, you don't know what you're saying. Or worse, I look at some of the stuff on Facebook and I go, I'm glad we're not in, in Henry VIII's time. Come on, we'd have those people burned. You're a heretic. I'll love this. And this is what I know about the apps that God wants us to use. Everyday, practical living, this is the abiding that gets into your self-talk and changes your inner talk. That's what truth is made for. That's how you grow in Christ is your internal system has been given a new operating way of doing it. There is grace to there. And when you don't understand something, grace is there. And you don't have to wear a mask and pretend in propositional theology, well, that doesn't fit, so that doesn't work. You know, God loves to mess up our theology. It often happens with his truth. You can support just about every theological stance that is out there. Notice I said just about every one of them. There's some of them I still love the person. There's a way in which true truth begins to happen in our lives and change our self-talk. We all know this scripture well. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. This is what he was doing. He was declaring that he is and always will be God coming true. That, that's what, when, when you look at the word truth and you start expanding it and start you know, using a, a Bible dictionary, a concordance going back to original language, it, when he said, I am the truth, it didn't just mean truth as we know it in this impractical, not everyday life, but it was... Uh, it can only be described rather than defined. It's true truth. What do you mean? It's truth that is coming true. He's always been that way. Think with me to Genesis 1. God declared the truth. There shall be light. What happened? And there was. When God speaks, when his words are in his word, when you read them, they're designed to do the very same thing that happened in Genesis. It's truth that's going to be true. It's happening. It has life. It's true truth that's going to come to pass. He's going to make it happen in your life. So there's three simple ways that we need to change something with this new operating system. Not because you have to, but because this is a way in which you understand that God is abiding in you. So that you can in turn abide in him. It's very practical, but it's this way. Guess what? I have an idea for you this morning. Read. Read. There's an app for that. 
You can get the Bible so many different ways now. You have it on your phone. You, have it, you can get it, the, the spoken word. There's so many ways. But it's not this. It's not you have to. I'm just telling you, your, <laughs> your operating system and the truths that you're trying to apply when it's not in God's word, um, it may not be true truth. And your self-talk can become demeaning, derogatory, uh, Joel Osteen writes about them being the, the, uh, the I am's. Somebody sent that to me yesterday, just confirmed what I was going to talk about this morning. Do you know what the, you know, like, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't do that because I will never, I, all the, that's not true truth. It's not in his word. Every one of the things in God's words, the truth applications in your life is designed to produce the life of Christ in you because that's who you are, Bunky. It's no longer just you. There is another voice. There is a bigger voice. There is a voice inside of you this is going to be hard for somebody that believes in you because he lives in you. That's the only way he could believe in you. Yes, left to yourself, you'll hit every false operating system again and again and again and again. But when you come into that truth and the word starts coming out and you get that through reading, it's both general and specific. This is what you do. You read slow, you reread, you feast, you munch, you snack. You just, you just take it little bits at a time. Change your work schedule. See what happens. Here's an interesting thing. We'll use an ancient pathway. David took seven breaks a day just to talk to God. He praised him seven times a day. We all want a heart like David. Well, he was under an old operating system and did that. But that was one that wasn't required by the law. He found a way of relating to God in which he was going there. What if you just did? Went go, hmm, I'm going to have seven nice munchy snacks today. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to get in the Word, going to read it. But not just the Word. Listen, I keep putting the book lists out. You need to read about this new operating system. There is something that is sweeping, swept through us. There is something that is going to continue to sweep through the body of Christ and the world at large till we decide, wait, the old one's obsolete. There's no support for it anymore. There's a new system. And I get to use it. Oh, let me search the web of life on that one. Oh, my gosh, does it change. Then there's also this. This is, this is what really, there are three simple things. It's, now, it's not an equation. It's truth. There's an app for that. One of the apps is memorizing. So it's committing it to your thought life through such familiarization that it starts to become an ongoing app that becomes your own language, your own internal self-talk. Listen, for a long time, I just had to do, Jesus loves me, this I know, when I was relearning this. 
I, listen, I, just the kiss I got this morning from Romans 8.1. I, uh, listen, I, I did. For four, I'm not doing it every week now. It's changed a little bit. But I've been reading Romans 5, chapter 5, through Romans chapter 8, four years, every week. Now, that's not a brag. I had to, I had to go there. had to get my memory tracks, the pathways of where those of where that data was going down to get truth inside of me in such a way it changed. I read it real slow. Man, now it's so incredible. It starts with now having been justified by faith, we have peace with God to ending in Romans 8. There is not one thing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now there's a healthy meal and that's abiding. But it takes memorizing. Brenda wrote a thing about memorizing that she wants to come up and share. So, here. Or I asked her to share. Sit on. Yeah. yeah. Some of you may have, re- have read this on my Facebook post, but I, I will read it for you now. Last night and early into the morning, I had an incredible time of revelation with the Lord. It was one of those times when my circuits were blown and I got up and started taking notes. More on that later. But one thing I realized, if I didn't have a solid framework of scripture memorized, God wouldn't be able to talk to me about the things he did. This is why it's so important, and I can't emphasize this enough, to read and memorize scripture. I've read passages hundreds of times and thought I understood them. But then Jesus shows up and illuminates them. He's speaking his language in his tongue, and I understand completely differently. It is living word, after all. Memorizing scripture is laying up treasure in heaven. The kingdom of God is Jesus. I mean, is there anything else that is the kingdom of God? No, it is a person. He is inside of me. Therefore, the kingdom of God is inside of me. My brain is a repository of the treasure of the word. When he wants to come and build a new understanding, I have the architect, I have the the building blocks, the trusses, the sheetrock, the nails, the treasure that I need for the architect to come and construct an understanding of the kingdom. I have laid up treasure. He uses it to build understanding. If I didn't have the volume of scripture for him to string together, I would get a structure, but it wouldn't be the palace I lived in this morning. There are far too many shoddy structures dotting the landscape of the kingdom. Little, not able to hold a lot. Popular thought is not necessarily the truth. In fact, it usually isn't. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's Matthew six nineteen through 21. For many years, I've had this treasure of the word in me. I lived with it and in it on one level. 
But now God has come and further illuminated it. I am living in a much greater revelation of the word, the light himself. He used the stored information, the scripture, to build on. I'm the richer for that. I get to live in the palace. <laughs> it's so worth the effort. I can tell you, parents, I just have to add this as a postscript. When I was a little child, about four, my mom started making me memorize scripture. Do you think I like that? No. It was a drag. She'd drag us to the kitchen table, and we'd sit and listen, and then she would give us scripture to memorize, and of course, if you didn't memorize it, there were going to be ramifications. As I grew a little bit older, she put me in Bible Memory Association, and they gave you little prizes. But you worked up to about 12 scriptures a week, and I did that through being 12. So, you know, I can remember at five, I was a little parrot. I remember being held up in front of Central Bible Church, dangling my legs, and them holding me up to a microphone, and just rambling off, you know, chatting off the scripture. Like a little parrot. But guess what? It never left. That stuff was wedged in there. I didn't like it. Believe me, when I got to be a teenager, I didn't like it being wedged in there. I told, I wrote God a poem, please leave me alone. I could not get away from the scripture that was lodged, not only in here, but it was in my spirit. And if you, if you lay up that kind of treasure inside of you, then when God wants to come and speak to you, he's got the goods to speak. And a big reserve of it is really good because he can lay out understanding in the middle of the night that you just go, God is talking to me. It's pretty staggering. I encourage you to do that. One more app. Final app to look at. Here's what happens with us. This is why community, you and I, the the very people that are around you this morning are so important. When you start sharing an applied truth, something you're just, maybe it's not working in every area of of your life, but when you can just take that and share it of what's going on with other people, somehow our own self-talk the next day, it, it's like it gets this boost that, that happens that we always wanted in the old system. It's, it's literally, it's the sharing of what these applications mean. It, it's, it's talking to people about what it's doing. Um, we do this on our, on our Thursday prayer meeting that we get together now. Honestly, we only pray for about 10 or 15 minutes. For about 30 minutes, we talk with each other about these things that God's beginning to show us or things that we don't understand or a scripture we look at and we go, um, what does this mean to you guys? And, and, we're, and it's just, now I know I'm using computer analogies, but bite by bite, it's changing. I'm growing. I'm not stunted. I'm not a blocked learner. I'm going, what? And that and more? And it's because I'm doing with others. It's sharing the meal. And it gives more pleasure and substance. Lori, you're in a group that does that. What's it been doing in your life? Well, 
we started about a year, about a year, a little over a year ago, and we're reading a lot of the books on your list. And it's been really good. Um, so it's, it took a few months, but one thing about the group is that we're pretty brutally honest about how we feel about all this stuff and what we're, as we process it. Not so wearing masks. Yeah, so some of it, you know, we go at it kind of kicking and screaming, like, I don't know if I believe this or not. But then as people share and we start to see it applied in our, in our daily life, and then we come back the next week and we share some of that. And it's just, it's just changing. It's just over the months, I've grown a ton in the last year or so. How's your self-talk? Oh, it's totally changed. Wait, wait say that again. It's totally changed. I've been working on this one for a, a number of years because I knew I had rotten self-talk. So I've been, but I've been hammering at it, just trying to, like, I knew the principles of God, and I would just feel like I fell short, short all the time. So once the grace thing started to actually get in, I just started changing. And I just say, if you can only memorize one thing, do I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And possibly there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those two. Just do those two for a couple of months. And, And change happens. Real tangible growth, and this is how you know it, when my self-talk changes. Our communication with each other, how we relate to one another will change more and more. How we minister to one another. No longer wearing masks. No longer the, I'm fine. I can let that down and go, man, I barely made it this week. And we all get, you know, it's what I said to you this morning. Listen, nobody's arrived but we're all reaching, just like Paul said. We're reaching for that thing, that application that, that, is a, that produces change in us. And it's okay. It's okay to fail. Take a deep breath. Change your, fail, your self-talk. It's okay. Welcome to the human race. Because God's got an app for that. It's called the cross. And that app applies. That's the grace of God. It applies every time when things are going really well and when things are nosediving and not so well. So four questions. Hello? Hello? Oh, yeah, they are here. Tell them that again. All right. He loves you. And he sends his very best to spirit to reassure you in your hearts that you're not rejected. You're not second class. You're not washed up. And you're not disqualified. He doesn't see you any other way but completely through the love of his son. And he's translated you from a kingdom of darkness into an incredible, incredible kingdom that can change your self-talk day after day. You are not a piece of garbage. You are qualified. You were meant to reign in life. Romans 5. 
you were meant to be more than a conqueror. You are meant to live in the blessing of God's life in you. It's all real. That old stuff is not true. I have a true truth. This is the real deal and it works. And the only thing you have to do to get it is receive it. The price has been paid. All you have to do is say, God, come in. Just take over. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm tired of hiding behind lies, religious lies or worldly lies, whatever the lie is. Come with truth inside of me. Change my life. Let's have the worship team come out. What's stopping you today? What's the one thing? Go away with these today. Write them down if you need to. What's the one thing in your life that you want to see change? Make it very practical. I still cuss a lot, and it really steals my witness. Okay, if that's your issue. (laughs) Oh, I could get really. (laughs) He knows me too well. He's laughing at me. I won't drop anything. Listen. Listen, there's an app for that. It's this. So I'll tell you a scripture that I memorized years ago that God now changes completely. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth, but that which is good good for edification, that it may minister grace to the hearers. I used to think that meant something different than what I thought that meant. I couldn't say anything wrong. Now I go, oh, God loves us so much. There's an app for that. Just got to find it. Because that's the third one. What does God's truth say regarding that very thing? And if we're, that's Lori's testimony this morning. Who can you talk to about it? Well, is there a group I can go to? Yeah, turn to somebody and say, hey, can I talk to you this week? And form a group. We'll start ministering one to another. Well, there's got to be something in place because I don't start things. No truth does. So just tell somebody. Hey, could, would you have coffee with me this week? Could you Listen, who do you talk to? If it's nobody, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. Introduce yourself to somebody here. That's too scary for me. Well, I can give you some more truth apps, but let me just invite you instead. Talk to each other. Open your mouth. Tell them my whole life's been one huge, faulty self-talk. And I don't know how to change it. And see if they have coffee with you this week, next week. A brownie bite. A true truth. Something that happens inside of us. It can really change. It can really be different. I didn't used to do this because I didn't have enough courage. Your life can change, I promise you. Your life can change, I promise you. Your life can change. I promise you. How 
dare you make such a bold promise? Because he did it in me. Quite honestly, I'm probably the worst of the lot of you. That's what Paul said. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. Paul said, I, I was the worst among you, and he did it in me. So he promised people, it's true, he'll do it in you. Stand with me.